This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to talk a little NBA on the line. Radio.com Sports NBA insider Ryan McDonough, co-host of the Scallop Pals, an all-NBA podcast with Brian Scalabrini, and you can subscribe to Scallop Pals today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Good stuff right there. And uh, now let's go to him, Ryan McDonough, former GM as well. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the program. So the details are now out. We know it's going to be a very uh, strict, we'll say, uh, bubble. Uh, give me your thoughts as you started to kind of read through some of the uh, guidelines to get uh, playing the NBA going again. It's definitely going to be a strict bubble, Bill, and, and I think it has to be. Uh, the first concern, the foremost concern of the NBA and, and the team officials I've spoken with is player health and safety. Uh, you have the virus concerns first and foremost, but you also have the concerns about how players are going to respond to this long layoff. It, keep, keep in mind, Bill, that most of these guys have never had this amount of time unless they've had a serious injury where they haven't played basketball before in their lives. You know, we're talking about three, four months off, uh, limited access to gyms. Um, so it, it is strict. It may seem a bit much to some people when they're talking about rules as far as how many people can play table tennis at a time and they prefer singles matches instead of doubles ping-pong matches, but I understand why the league went to that extent. They're doing everything they can to keep the players safe and healthy. So uh, some players may choose to opt out. Uh, There's no repercussion regarding that. Uh, But with the protocols in place, how safe do you feel this bubble will be? I think it'll be honestly safer than most places in in our country today. I mean, in my opinion, Bill, I think it'd be safer than going to a crowded bar or a concert or an arena or somewhere with a bunch of people who are packed in shoulder to shoulder. Uh, It seems like the league is is serious about trying to maintain social distancing. They'll have incredible access to testing. They'll have the best medical professionals available, uh, some of whom are, you know, ready 24-7 if players have issues or need to be tested. In fact, it looks like they're going to set up um, some kind of area to do x-rays or MRIs or, um, you know, with the thought being that if a player has a serious injury, they, can, they don't have to leave the bubble. They can treat him right there. So I, I think it will be relatively safe, Bill. The, the million-dollar question, the one that I, I think, frankly, we don't have an answer to is um, given how 
how many people are going to be in the bubble. There are almost certainly going to be positive tests, probably a decent amount of positive tests. And then how does playing competitive basketball with guys breathing heavily, uh, banging against each other, sweating, um, you know, side by side, how, how does that spread the virus? And is there a way to mitigate that spread or limit the spread of the virus to the extent that the games can continue in Orlando, even if certain players need to be removed from play for a period of time because they tested positive for the virus? So, you know, there is no real uh, number if numerous players start to test positive, things start to get uh, a, a growing out of hand, we'll say. But do you get a sense as to what it would take for the league to shut down, God forbid? Yeah, it's a good question, Bill. I mean, I, I think, um, let me put it this way. I know the league does not want to shut down, and a majority of the players want, want to play. Uh, now, we can talk about the Kyrie Irving situation here in a minute and, and the group of players that um, you, know, you know are asking some pretty pointed questions of the teams in the league office. Um, but I think the majority of players want to play. The league wants to play. Um, so I, I think, a, you know, an overwhelming percentage of players who are healthy and available to play will report to Orlando. They'll go into the bubble, and they'll be ready to play ball. Um, now, where that line is as far as positive tests, I mean, I think if a contending team in particular, like, say, the Milwaukee Bucks, had a significant amount of players test positive who were, had to be quarantined for a week or more, then that, that would be hard to field the team. So I, I think in that situation, uh, it would be tough for the league to continue. But, um, you know, I, I think the league's going to do everything they can to try to prevent that, um, excuse me, try to prevent that and avoid that. And keep in mind, Bill, that you know, as the disease progresses and, and, and the, the medical treatment of the disease evolves so quickly and, and changes so much, even day to day, um, we're sitting here in mid-June. What we know a month and a half from now in late July when the games start in Orlando could be very different as far as how the disease spreads and how the disease is treated if somebody does test positive. With this long layoff, is there a team you're looking at saying this team is benefit? I was reading an article the other day that said this this thing, this whole thing may really benefit the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, nobody's really talking about Philadelphia. Everybody just talks about Milwaukee and then who they're going to face in the West. But is there a team that this long layoff you feel has really benefited? Yeah, I think it was most needed for the 76ers, Bill. And I, and I say that because they weren't playing very well prior to the to the shutdown for coronavirus they were 5 and 5 in their last 10 games uh, they were great at home they were 29 and 2 in Philly they're only 10 and 24 on the road so we've heard all along we heard it in the preseason and throughout the season even when the Philadelphia 76ers struggled that this team was built for the playoffs that they were big and they were physical and they were built to defend well um, you know I think some of that may be true a lot of that is true but they haven't played very well and there's still questions about um, that their shooting and their floor spacing um, you, know, you know how do you play Ben Simmons in a playoff series when opposing defenses are clogging the lane and doubling Joel Embiid uh, Ken Embiid and Al Horford played together effectively which didn't happen a whole lot throughout the course of the regular season so I, I think there are a lot of questions about Philly but I think this break kind of gave them a lifeline Bill, to be honest because they weren't playing well I didn't see them doing anything in the playoffs uh, if the season continued and we finished out the 82 game regular season then winning the playoffs in mid-April so it does give them a chance to reset uh, but but I think the Bucks are head and shoulders above them and the other teams in the east uh, like Toronto Boston and Miami I have ahead of Philly as well. Uh, sitting here talking with our, our good friend Ryan McDonough, former general manager at Radio.com Sports NBA Insider. Now, um, I have said all along that I believe Giannis is going to sign a Supermax with Milwaukee for many different reasons. 
And I don't waver from that. But now stories start to come out that these guys are going to be in the bubble. They're going to be talking to one another, hanging out with one another. Uh, and this is where relationships are formed, where you can start to tie, kind of look over the fence for these, quote, super teams. Do you think this affects in any way, shape, or form the status of Giannis coming back to Milwaukee and signing a Supermax to stay here long term? I don't think the interaction with other players will affect that a whole lot, Bill, although it could. We've heard stories about guys who played for USA Basketball in the past going down to Brazil and being on a cruise ship for a month or more at a time and then developing those relationships. Uh, but I think the overwhelming factor for Giannis and his desire to stay in Milwaukee and re-sign the Supermax extension with the Bucks is the Bucks team's success. Um, they were the best team throughout the regular season, again this year at 53-12. and 12. Uh, you know, it looked like at one point they may win 70 games, and they had a historically good defense. They were terrific offensively for most of the year. So I think how they play in Orlando and whether they're able to get to the finals or raise the Larry O'Brien trophy as the champion, I think that will determine Giannis's future more than anything, Bill. And, uh, you know, I, I get that there will be some interaction with other players, but my guess is a guy like Giannis, who is in his prime, who is my pick to win MVP again this year, and I think should also get some consideration for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, given how well he's played on the end of the floor. Uh, I think the overwhelming factor for Giannis and his interest in re-signing with the Bucks is the Bucks team success, and I think they have as good a chance as anybody to raise the trophy, uh, which will now be, I, I guess, now be lifted in October. With some aging role players, how big of a job does John Horst have? Say Giannis stays and keeps that keeps that piece here, but how big of a how big of a job does John Horst have to try to then fortify again another team, another uh, a, a team of role players, uh, veteran players, younger players? How big of a job does he have to keep this whole thing rolling forward? It's a difficult job. There's no question about it. I, I think the, the hardest thing to do in the NBA, it's, it probably goes without saying, but it is to win a championship. Uh, and even harder than that, Bill, is to field a championship-caliber team year in and year out because uh, the economics usually work against you, and that will be a big factor for Milwaukee. I'll be interested to see what happens uh, with the NBA as far as them setting the salary cap and how that impacts the Bucks. Uh, as you mentioned, they have Giannis's Supermax extension potentially coming up, which you know they'd be happy to pay regardless of what else they have going on. But they paid Chris Middleton a lot of money last year in, in free agency. Uh, if the salary cap goes down, that contract may not look as good. They extended Eric Bledsoe in season last year. Uh, they, they locked up Brooke Lopez and George Hill for a long time. So um, the Bucks don't have a ton of fi uh, flexibility financially. They do have a lot of high-end contracts. And if the cap stays level or if it goes down, Bill, and if the luxury tax goes down, that, that could negatively impact Milwaukee, and that would mean John Horst and his staff would have to get real creative as far as signing minimum guys and coming up with creative trades to try to field the championship team, which is imperative if you're John Horst and the Milwaukee Bucks, especially before Giannis signs potentially that Supermax extension. One of the guys that I really enjoy is Darvin Ham. I loved watching him as a player, getting to know him, and obviously as the assistant head coach under Coach Budenholzer. But he's very quietly under the surface getting a lot of look uh, as the possible head coach of numerous teams. Now, this COVID thing obviously derailed a lot of different uh, franchises as to what it is they want to do in the offseason. How many more years, if at any, if any, does Darvin Ham remain in Milwaukee under Budenholzer before he finally gets a head coaching gig? I think that's certainly coming for Darvin Ham, Bill. And, and here's why. If you go back and look at Coach Budenholzer's staff in Atlanta, his original staff in Atlanta, they have a bunch of guys, Quinn Snyder, 
Kenny Atkinson, now Taylor Jenkins, who's doing very well in Memphis, who have gone on to great success. Uh, Darvin Ham's been with Coach Bud pretty much the whole time in Atlanta and now Milwaukee. They've had a ton of team success in both places. Uh, he's young. He's a former player. He's got a great reputation as far as relating to players and his knowledge of the game. So, um, look, if, if I were a GM today or a team president today or advising an ownership group today and they, ha- they were having a head coaching search and asked me which current assistant should we talk to and interview to be part of to potentially bring in as a head coach, Darvin Ham would probably be the first name out of my mouth. Um, coming out of the West, uh, last before I let you go, but coming out of the West, is it the Lakers? Is it the Clippers? Who's got the best opportunity, you think, to, uh, to advance to the finals? I like the Clippers the best, Bill, and, and I have all year. It's really close. Uh, frankly speaking, the Lakers had a better regular season than I, I thought they would. I, I think just about everything went right for the Lakers, especially with LeBron James and Anthony Davis staying healthy and playing so well. Uh, their connection and integration was seamless uh, basically right from the jump on opening night. Uh, but, but I like the Clippers' depth. I, I like their ability to close games with Kawhi Leonard, who was clearly the best player in the NBA playoffs last year when he led to Toronto to the first championship in franchise history there. Um, and then Paul George is a terrific number two option, would be the first option on most teams. And then I like their bench talent and scoring ability uh, with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. Uh, I, I just think they have more talent and depth. Obviously, you can never underestimate uh, LeBron James in the West or obviously Giannis in the East. Um, but but I, I think it'll be the Bucks and the Clippers in the NBA Finals uh, in late September, early October. And I think if that is the matchup, Bill, it'll be a terrific series. Ryan, uh, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on and joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? And I can't wait to talk some more basketball, actually basketball on the court as we get going later on down the road. Yeah, any, anytime, Bill. And when your listeners are done listening to your show, uh, KomodoRadio.com, Ryan Scalabrini and I are restarting on Monday. We'll be doing two podcasts a week, Monday and Thursday, for the next month, and then we'll ramp things up as we get closer to action in Orlando. Awesome. Scal and pals, look forward to listening to it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you later. There you go. That was Radio.com Sports NBA insider Ryan McDonough, uh, a co-host of the Scallon Pals Show. It's an all-NBA podcast. Uh, Brian Scalabrini alongside. And uh, you can subscribe to Scallon Pals today, whenever uh, you get your, wherever you get your favorite podcast, because it's good stuff. And uh, we appreciate his time. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.